Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 129 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about creating an email welcome sequence that converts with Allison Carpio. Allison is sharing the importance of a welcome sequence for your email list and talks through why so many of the email techniques being taught online feel misaligned. She also teaches us to write a welcome sequence that makes people feel at home and builds relationships and how to use email marketing to convert without feeling icky. Allison shares her tips for writing copy that stays true to our voice and values and the most important parts of a welcome sequence that converts in the right way. Allison Carpio is the author of Shut Up and Take My Money and Email Copywriting Coach. She believes anyone can show up authentically in their copy and write copy that connects and converts without the bro or boss babe oppression and manipulation. She hosts Group Intensive where you cook up your Be Our Guest welcome sequence for new opt-ins in one day. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I read your bio at the beginning of the show, but I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in your business. Great. So I am based in San Francisco, California, and I used to be a copywriter. So I wrote copy for a lot of businesses, some that you may already know. And um, when I was in copy school and also when I was working for clients, I really noticed how a lot of the copy that was being taught out there and the copy that clients wanted was really rooted in oppression. It was really sleazy. It was really, and it was really hard for me to write that copy and feel very aligned and good about it. So I knew something had to change. I thought there's got to be a way. Um, This cannot be the only way to write copy. So um, what my business, The Conversion Kitchen is about is really helping you show up authentically in your copy. So I teach a lot about what's called liberated copywriting, where you liberate yourself from all the shoulds and really Um, you know, showing up authentically is about removing that sleaze, removing the fake scarcity or urgency and um, breaking free from trying to convince people and persuade people that they should buy from you. Cause it's really not about that. To me, it's more about building that relationship instead. Yeah. I love that. I think so many of us feel that way, especially when we run our own businesses that everyone's telling us what to do, but it doesn't feel quite right with our values and what we want to be doing and how we want to serve people. So I love that you're really focusing on that and helping people break free from those shoulds that we've heard. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think, especially because there's so many big names out there, like I call them the bros, like the coffee bros and the coffee boss babes. And they're teaching a lot of these things. And the message that is really easy to receive is that their way is the only way. And you know, it makes copywriting so much less fun. It makes you not want to do it when you're feeling misaligned. So um, yeah, liberating yourself from the shiz is really about doing it your way and, you know, helping you show up authentically. All right. So today we're going to talk kind of about all of that, but specifically about welcome sequences, which I think is something people struggle with. They don't know how it's supposed to look. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they're pulling templates based on what somebody else has told them. So let's start with the basics of 
why a welcome sequence is important when you have an email list. Yes, yes. There's not many resources. I can verify that. Uh, the way I look at it, so social media is like this party. People can come in and come out. You can have conversations with people. Anyone can chime in. It's like this big party. Whereas email is very much like a private, intimate, one-on-one -on -one dinner that you're having with people. So when someone joins your email list, it's like they're they're joining you for dinner for the very first time. And when someone joins you for dinner for the very first time, when you don't have a welcome sequence, it's kind of like you're sitting at the dinner table and you're looking around and servers aren't really coming to check on you. There's not really a menu to order food and you're just kind of sitting in silence. Whereas having a welcome sequence, especially from a place of service and you're making them feel at home, it's very much like, um, I call it the Be Our Guest welcome sequence because it's like in Beauty and the Beast where Cogsworth, Lumiere, and Mrs. Potts really makes Belle feel at home when you know the dinner is dancing around her and she's finally ready to eat. So it's like you're starting the relationship off on the right foot. And yeah, it's it's especially because like email to me is like building this relationship. It's uh it's the best thing to do. And not to mention I'm a coffee coach and I love taking breaks from my email list. I'm not about you should email every single day. Um, or else people forget about you. So, you know, when you are taking breaks from writing emails or from writing content, your welcome sequence really takes care of the people that are coming in as you're taking that break. All right. I love that analogy. I think that is so helpful to think about when we are figuring out, like, why is this important? Why should I spend so much time writing this? And it makes sense that you really want to get the, them to get to know you and uh, build that relationship. Okay. So, you talked about the copy bros and the boss babes. Why do so many of those email techniques that they're teaching and that we see out there, why do they feel so misaligned for many business owners? Yeah. Um, well, first <laughs> I want to say, <laughs> we could go all day about this. So I, first I want to say, like, if it does feel misaligned, know that you're not alone and know that this is not the only way. So a lot of these techniques, these tactics, these strategies, whatever you want to call it, uh, they're very much rooted in oppression. So we can think of like white supremacy, colonialism, capitalism, et cetera. And at a layer up, they're, they're really all about urgency and really persuading people to buy right now when I'm very much under the belief, and I talk about this all the time, that most people are going to buy later, and that's totally okay. So for example, like because most people are going to buy later, maybe let's say like, I don't know, I'm making up numbers, but 20% of the people are going to buy now. For the 80% of the people who are going to buy later, that is why these uh, copy bros and boss bays will have a countdown timer because they're going to try to force you to be ready before you actually are. And really, that's not a way to start a relationship. That's really gross. Like if you think about um, having a dinner party, um, if, you know, when you invite your friends over for dinner, you're like, hey, I'm making some short ribs on Thursday night. Would you like to come? You're not like, if you don't come to this party, you're going to miss out and you're going to be starving do you hate me or something? And, you know, you're not like high pressure, you know, selling your, your friends for dinner. And that's the way I kind of look to look at it when I'm um, selling in my copy. It's really just an invite for people to work with you. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's a good reminder that most people are not going to be ready to buy from us as soon as they land on our email list or as soon as they get that first email, because I feel like that is one of those things that we're being taught is like, 
you get people on your list so that they're going to buy right away and convert. But really, and it's disappointing then when they don't. I've been there. But really, you're building some long term and you might have people come back to you months or years down the road and have been following you the whole time and you didn't know. Yes, sometimes years. Ah, absolutely. And that's why like for my welcome sequence, I'm always like adding on to it and just like making it a lot longer just because I know people are going to come back six months later, a year later, a year and a half later, two years later, whenever that is. Okay. So let's talk about how we can write a welcome sequence that makes people feel at home and builds those relationships instead of with these techniques that we've been taught online. Yeah. So there are a couple of ways that I like to think about. So the first one is really coming from that place of service. So remember in Beauty and the Beast, they're they're really there to um, make Belle feel at home, be our guest, put our service to the test. You know, it's really... It, it's it's coming from that place of wanting to help and to serve. Whereas Beast, in a couple of scenes before that, if you remember, he was knocking down her door and he said, you will join me for dinner. That's not a request. <laughs> so you kind of see the difference there. So really just coming from that place of service and wanting to share your gifts is really how you help people feel at home. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, I love to be very clear about my values in my welcome sequence. So when I talk about values, um, one of the one of the emails uh, or email recipes that I have in my um, Be Our Guest Welcome sequence, which I have in my group intensive, is uh, it's called the Values Declaration email, and it's really this bold statement that can either go against anything, any, I mean, popular information. It could be giving permission people or giving people permission to um, do something or feel something that they um, should not. And I say that in quotes do Um, it's really, it's really sharing your beliefs around what you do. So for me, like I've been talking about my values this whole time, you know, about the shoulds and the the fake scarcity and urgency. And that's one of the things that I really talk about here. And I, I share that because I want people to know like they don't have to do things the bro-y way. Um, so that's the second thing. And then the third thing is what I lovingly call the dessert menu. And the dessert menu at the end of your emails. Um, so think of it like you're at dinner and uh, it's at the end of the meal, the entrees have been cleared out and the server comes by and places the dessert menu on the table. So you, as the customer, you're looking at the dessert menu and you're thinking, oh, maybe I'll have the tiramisu or the creme brulee, or maybe I just want a cup of coffee, or maybe I don't even want dessert at all right now. And then you politely decline. So that is what it's like to sell at the end of your emails. And I call it dessert menu because you can have multiple items on that dessert menu. A lot of copy bros are like, you can only have one call to action. There should only be one. And while that's true, like uh, there are definitely times and places for that. I also like having a dessert menu because a dessert menu meets people where they're at. So for example, my dessert menu has a mixture of um, low commitment free offerings and also paid offerings as well. So for the people who are not ready to work with me just yet, here is a free resource for you to, you can educate yourself, you can learn, you can you know, see what I'm about, et cetera, et cetera. And that to me is also like a, a prime example of really 
coming from that place of service because it's like, hey, you don't have to buy right now. Here is a free resource for you. Okay. So I saw your recent post about the dessert menu, and I really liked the idea that we could kind of have these in our back pocket and our list so that we can refer to them. Do you have a number that you recommend or kind of how different types of things that you might set up as calls to action? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I will say is more does not equal better. Um, I think when people see the dessert menu, they're like, oh, I need to have four. It's like, no, that's just an example. Um, For the longest time, I only had two. I like to at least have one free one and one paid one. So the free one, um, when I only had one lead magnet opt-in was the opt-in that they had opted into. It was my book. And I put the link in there because one, they may not have read it. Two, maybe they need to read it again. (laughs) And three, of course, like any free resource you have on there has a call to action in it. So all paths lead to an invite so that they can work with you when they are ready. So whatever you have in your pantry, you can cook with, it's fine. Um, Just know that you don't need to have like a full extended dessert menu. Some dessert menus are two items like at restaurants and they're delicious, or sometimes it's just one. I think that's really helpful and a good reminder that even if it's the thing they opted into, it can still be what you're putting as a call to action because they might not have read it, they might have forgotten or lost it or need to go back to it. You don't have to feel like you're always creating something new. Yeah, exactly. And also that that freebie opt-in has a call to action in it as well. So, you know, maybe they just need to read it again. They're like, oh yeah, maybe I'm ready now. And then they could apply to work with you. They could buy, you know, one of your offerings, whichever it is. Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox. And you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, running my business, and other things. So you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my-toolbox. So, you know, we have talked about not pushing people to buy right now if they're not ready, but ultimately we want an email list that converts. So how do we do both of those things? How do we build that relationship, but also write emails that convert for people? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question because I think when people hear me talk about that, they think, oh, then you shouldn't sell at all. And that's absolutely not the case. (laughs) So um, we talked about the dessert menu. The dessert menu definitely has some, um, you know, selling in it, of course, because it's like inviting people to work with you. One of my dessert menu items is to um, apply to my group intensive. And it said, you know, it says like, hey, here's my group intensive is I would love to have you there. Click here to apply. So that's one thing. Uh, The other one is in my welcome sequence, I have invitations throughout. So you can think of invitations as pretty much like a sales email, but it sounds, it's, it's more like an invite. It's like, Hey, I'm, you know, having, I'm getting a small group together where we're mapping out our welcome sequence in one day. Would you like to join kind of thing? So you can see that's like that 
invite for people to work with you. And um, it's a conversion tool. It's a way for people to, to really work with you. And I'm doing that all throughout my welcome sequence. Some are more direct invites. Some are more like there's a story at the front or there's a, a teaching moment and then it transitions into the invite, but whatever it is, there are invites all throughout the welcome sequence. Okay. I would love it if you could just maybe tell us sort of how long your welcome sequence is roughly Mm -hmm. and kind of how you think about how often you might include those more invitation emails. Yeah. So my, I'll I'll start with my clients first (laughs) because, you know, like I've been doing this for quite some time and I don't want people to compare and say like, oh my gosh, I need to do it this way. So um, one of my clients who joined my group intensive last month, she got, I want to say seven emails written in that one day. So hers is seven emails And she sends them out every week because that's how often she is sending out emails. So as far as cadence goes, I like to say start with however often you are already emailing and then do that because, you know, that's just that's, you know, the cadence you're at. That's what you're used to. And, you know, no need to change that necessarily. As far as how many emails in there, um, start with what you can have. So people are like, oh, does two emails count as a welcome sequence? And it's like, yeah, it can. Do you want to add more? Yes. Also, like you just want to start with wherever you're at. So for me, my welcome sequence, I want to say is about uh, 12 and I still have to update it, 12 emails. And I email typically two to three times a week. So I kind of space it out in that way. Um, And I also have invitation emails like further out down the line. So um, even though it's like 12 and then maybe two to three days, that's like what, 36 days, I still like schedule out some some invitations just so that people um, are always invited whenever I have a group intensive. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's helpful to know there's no right answer, but we can kind of build that as we go and make sure that we are just kind of continually inviting people, reminding people they can work with us instead of just kind of the every templated email that we send once a week. Yeah. And you know how it is like getting started is more important than not starting at all. So that's why I'm always like, Oh, I don't want to tell you how many I have. So, cause I don't <laughs> want people to get discouraged, but yeah, start with wherever you're at and then know you can keep adding on. Cause that's what I'm doing too. I am still always adding on to my, my welcome sequence. Okay. So let's talk about actually writing those emails. I think that's really intimidating for people, whether they're writing two or they're writing 12. So what tips do you have for just writing copy that stays true to our voice and our values when we're doing something like this? Yeah. So for my group intensive, I very intentionally design the space so that you can really show up authentically. And when you show up authentically, you're really staying true to your voice and your values. And that means like removing any kinds of templates. That means like, like I provide recipes that are like, I call them base recipes. It's kind of like an omelet, you know, a base recipe for an omelet is just butter and eggs. And you can (laughs) add whatever produce you have in your cupboard to make it, you know, unique to you. So that's part of it. The other thing too, is um, I talked about this earlier, but it's really liberating yourself from all the shoulds of writing copy. For example, like when, you know, 
copy experts teach, they very have, they have a very like distinct voice and people think I need to sound like her or him in order to write copy that converts. And that's absolutely not true. So um, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of my clients are really good at writing content. Like they post on Instagram or Facebook, even Pinterest or LinkedIn. But when it comes to email, they just get stuck. They're like, I don't know what to do. But spoiler alert, it's the same thing. <laughs> so <laughs> really repurpose a lot of your content. And I look at repurposing your content, like taking leftovers from Thursday night. And then on a Friday morning, you add an egg on top and then you have brunch. It's a smart thing to do, still delicious, and you can still do it. So um, if anything, like if you have some Instagram posts, if you have Facebook posts or LinkedIn posts, Pinterest posts, definitely um, repurpose that into your emails because, you know, you likely already have your voice fleshed out in your social media and, you know, you can use that in your in your emails as well. Another thing too is like for me, um, I'm probably one of the very few, I mean, there's less of us uh, copywriters who's more of an external processor. So I find that when I talk, it just helps me to, to write. So what I do is I talk into an app and it gets transcribed and then I edit it. And that really just helps me because I, I'm really, I'm literally using my voice. So if you are an external processor and you quote unquote hate writing, um, that's something that's available to you too. But if you're more of an internal processor, you may find that, you know, using a pen and a paper works or using your phone, using, you know, whatever environment works for you. I think it's all about experimenting and just finding out how um, you can really show up authentically in your copy. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it probably helps to, like when you're pulling stuff from social media, a lot of times we don't feel the pressure that we do when we're setting up an email. So it's, yes. I think stepping away from that pressure whether you're doing it by talking it out and then transcribing it or you're pulling stuff that you've written elsewhere, just kind of spur of the moment. I think that sounds like it would be a really helpful thing for people. Exactly. So do you have tips for somebody who might be listening and they don't have a welcome sequence, uh, but they have people on their email list? How would you kind of, would you put those people into a welcome sequence? Do you recommend starting just with the new subscribers? How do you think about that? You absolutely can. Yes. Um, so if you already have people that you're emailing and if you have, and if you're creating a new welcome sequence, you could absolutely put them in there. Some, some parts of the welcome sequence may not be applicable and you could always leave that out. So for example, one of the emails that I have in my welcome sequence is, um, like a, hey, I saw that you downloaded my training um, where I broke down my copy. Do you have a welcome sequence in place? And that kind of like starts the conversation with them. I don't necessarily put that in there because if they've been on my email list, maybe they didn't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, um, as an anecdote, there was a time last week where uh, my, uh, I call her my sous chef, my sous chef and I were uh, configuring automation and we made some kind of mistake or glitch and it accidentally sent out one of the welcome sequence emails to everyone on the list, like who weren't even new subscribers. And what was interesting is a lot of people were replying to it and they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. Like, I'm so glad you said this and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, even though, even if they have heard, or even if they have read the email before, 
you know, even if there's a chance that people just like want to read it again or hear it again from you. So um, yeah, all that to say is yes, you can absolutely put people through your welcome sequence, even if they've been on there before. Yeah. It's also a good reminder to know that even the experts make mistakes sometimes. Always. I'm full of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So can you give us a quick overview as somebody's laying out a welcome sequence? What are those most important pieces that they need to have and think about? Yeah. So I'm going to go off of my group intensive framework. So um, one of them is the conversation starter. So that's the one I just talked about earlier, where you're really just, you know, having a dialogue with them, seeing where they're at. And for me, it's like, hey, I saw you downloaded my replay. Do you have a welcome sequence or are you emailing your list? So it's really just starting that conversation. Um, So that's a conversation starter. There's the invite. And I talked about that earlier too. It's the, hey, I'm gathering or I'm, I'm hosting a group intensive where we're mapping our welcome sequence. Would you like to join? The third one is the values declaration. I talked about that too. And that's that really it's that bold statement um, that, you know, your, your ideal customer really needs to hear right now. I have about maybe 40, 50, 60% of my uh, welcome sequence emails are values declaration emails. The fourth one is what I call the proof pudding email. So if the proof is in the pudding, just really serve up your customers that proof pudding. And that's anything from customer stories. It could be your own story. It could be any kind of transformation proof that shows your customer what is possible. You can never have too much proof, in my opinion. And especially for success stories, people love seeing other people succeed because it just really gives them hope and shows them what's possible. So if you like the more proof putting you have, the better, never um, hold back on those. And then of course we have the uh, personal stories and these are just, you know, everyday stories where, uh, you know, in, in the day of the life of you, it's their part of your lived experiences. They could be as deep as something that happened in your childhood or as light as something that, you know, happened to you over the weekend. And, you know, you have some type of teaching moment or insight from it that you wanted to share with your audience. But the main thing here is I like to mix all of these up. So it's kind of like um, like an omakase meal. You know, if you've ever been to a Japanese restaurant, they have like the whole prefix menu and, you know, they mix things up in there. There's like a, there's a the heavy meal and there's a small piece. Um, but either way, it's like with my welcome sequence, those are the, the main parts of it. And I like to mix up the different types of emails. All right. So once somebody finishes going through your email list, where do you recommend putting them? Do then they just get like your regular broadcast email that goes out or do you like to do something else with them? Right now? Yes. Um, I'm always doing some kind of training or podcast like this. So there's always something there. And usually I have people also following me on Instagram as well. So, um, you know, they are usually uh, hearing from me either in their inbox or on IG, sometimes even Facebook. Um, And all that to say too, my welcome sequence is ever evolving. So I'm always adding to it. I have time blocked off on my calendar this week to add more to it. So um, yeah, the people will probably, it'll, it'll take a long time for them to finish my welcome sequence eventually. Okay. 
So really that's kind of your, your big piece of what you're giving people on your email list is this welcome sequence. It's not so much like a weekly broadcast email that they might get where you're sharing something new every time. I'm doing that too. Uh, so that's the, that's the beauty of it too. Cause it's like, I'm emailing regularly and as I'm emailing regularly, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I want to add that to my welcome sequence for the new people who are joining. So it's kind of like these, this system that's kind of working together and all these parts are flowing into each other. All right. Was there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to share or any other tips that you have? These were, I just want to say, these are awesome questions. When you sent this over, I was like, wow, she really like did her research. This is really <laughs> awesome. Um, I would say uh, for a welcome sequence, I want to iterate that it's important that you get started and also know what works for you because this, uh, it doesn't have to be this big daunting task. And at the same time, I know for me, I tend to um, maybe block off like two hours here and there, and then I keep moving it, or it's hard for me to get back to the flow. Um, so really the reason why I created my group intensive was to give people that one day experience of just blocking it off and getting it done. Because when you have a whole day to commit to it, it's really, it's so much easier to getting it done. There's that accountability. You don't, you know, you're not switching back and forth between meetings and you're really dedicating that full day to get it done. So it was really built for people who maybe have a million things on their plate, who get distracted easily. Hello, I'm one of them. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, just knowing what works for you, especially to get it done is just so important with this. All right. I think that's great advice. And, you know, it's about really getting started and then building as we go, which is what you said you're even you are still doing is you're building it as you're going. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's just, it's ever evolving. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as we wrap up today, I like to ask everybody, if you could recommend one thing to a friend, what would that be? I alluded to this earlier and I would say is know how your energy works and work with the flow of it. So for me, my energy is very spontaneous. It, you know, kind of comes and goes. So I used to think like, oh, I really should write every single morning because that's when my energy is the, the highest. And typically that's true. There'll be some off days, but scheduling that for me did not work. And then I tried like planning my content out for a full month and that didn't work either. I, I wish that would work. I wish that these would all work because they sound really convenient, but for me, that does not work. So now I just, you know, when I, when I have the urge or the, this burst of energy, I ride that wave and that you know, knowing that and working along with that, instead of trying to fit myself into a different box really helps me show up authentically in my copy. And it helped me create my work that I'm really proud of. So just know that like, whatever works for you works for you and that there is no shoulds and there's no one right way of doing it. And, you know, when you write a copy that's aligned, you know, you want to, you want to show up with that full energy and working with the flow of your energy is one of the ways to do that. That's great advice. All right. So where can people find you online if they want to connect and learn more about what you do and what you have to teach them? Yeah. So, um, my IG is Alison Carpio. Um, that's, 
A-L-L-I-S-O-N-C-A-R-P-I-O. And I'm sure there'll be some show notes in here. Um, And there you could see my IG dessert menu, (laughs) which has my uh, replay, my welcome sequence replay, where I break down my own welcome sequence. So you can kind of see like what mine looks like and the different key ingredients in there and the different types of emails in there. Um, So that's one of the ways. And then if you go to the conversionkitchen.com, I also have my free book on there. It's called Shut Up and Take My Money. I wrote it a couple of years ago. um, And it's really about... it's really about showing up authentically in your copy. It's the anti-bro and boss babe guide to marketing. And yeah, I would love to, um, I would love it if you join my email list when you download it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this is a really exciting episode for people to really let go of all those shoulds and figure out what's going to work for them when it comes to email and welcome sequence and everything in business, just figuring out the way they want to do it and being authentic for themselves. Yeah, I I hope that is what people are taking away from this. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.